the Focus Series by Dental Head Start, where we focus into your favorite topics. Before we start this episode, a brief trigger warning. This series topic has been inspired by the recent article published out of the Journal of Community Dentistry and Oral Epidemiology, authored by Dr. Matthew Hopcraft, Dr. Nicole Stallman, Dr. Roshan McGrath, and Dr. Gordon Parker. This paper revealed the results of a conducted survey that during 12 months of 2021, one out of six Australian dentists have contemplated thoughts of taking their own life, and 31%, roughly one in three, have contemplated the thought prior. If you really think about what this means, the thought is quite sobering. I really think a lot of us go into this profession hearing these statistics and believe, that won't be me. I can handle myself. It seems, however, that this kind of mentality is what gets us caught when things don't go our way and start to fall apart. That mental resilience we thought we had gets truly tested in times where our failures can cause serious consequences. You may have noticed that one of our great sponsors of this podcast is Dental Practitioner Support. They provide national 24-7 support services for dental professionals and provide resources on how to stay physically and mentally healthy in the dental work environment. We at the Dental Head Start team recommend to reach out if you have had any of these thoughts or even feelings of self-doubt. And now, onto the episode. Welcome to the uh, Dental Head Start podcast mental well-being focus series. My name is Cajun and I have been graciously asked by the Dental Head Start podcast team to host this particular series. For those of you who don't know who I am, I am the founder of The Limitless Dentist. I am also working in private practice and uh, really the reason why we created this particular mental well-being mini-series or focus series is because you know mental health in dentistry is becoming an increasingly talked about topic for a good reason. But more importantly, obviously, many of you know that after the paper that came out by Dr. Matt Hopcraft around about burnout, suicidal ideation in dentistry, it's so, so important that we help our whole community, not just in Australia, but globally, whether you're a dental student, you're a dentist, or any type of dental professional listening to this, to make it feel seen, heard, and understood. Because I truly believe collectively as a community, that's when we help each other and raise each other up and become uh, torch bearers of that testimony of, of saying, hey, it's okay to not be okay. And, and you can get through those tough things to still live a much brighter future. I think that's such an important route to share. But I'm really excited about this episode because I have two amazing guys who are joining me for the podcast. So today on the podcast, we actually have Dr. Viet Lee and Dr. Chirag. Viet and Chirag graduated together from UQ in 2005, and between them have worked at practices on the Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast and everything in between with Chirag also spending time in Melbourne. Whilst they have spent many years together, even working at the same practice for the past 11 years, they have taken different paths in their careers. Viet has been working continuously since graduation and ended up being partner at their current practice, The Dental Project, while Chirag has taken many extended breaks between jobs to travel and explore the world and enjoy the freedom of being an associate. With regard to their mental health journey, they started in similar circumstances, but took different approaches to finding the answers to their struggles. It led them apart with Chirag taking an 18-month break to travel and Viet working on himself in his practice. But upon coming together, they found commonality. And we're seeing a growing trend of struggle amongst clinicians like themselves. They created a company called Being Together in order to share what they have learned in order to help individuals deal with the stress of dentistry whilst also creating psychologically safer dental practices and team. Welcome, Trav and Viet, to the Dental Head Sub Podcast, guys. Thanks, Ned. Thanks for having us. 
Now, uh, I'm really excited about this because, you know, I've been following your journey so far, uh, not just individually, but also through the amazing work you do and being together. And um, I know that, you know, when we were planning for this podcast, you know, we, we spoke about that Hallmark paper that came out by Dr. Matt Holcroft, right? So I thought that'd be a really great way to, to maybe ask, you know, maybe I'll start with you, Viet, and then ask Amitra, you know, what are your thoughts on that Hallmark paper? And why do you think dentists get stressed, overwhelmed, and burnt out? Look, the stats are quite alarming. I think it's not something we sort of, you know, as an industry, we sort of spoke about it a lot, but it was just, yeah, it was just crazy to get that validation that it is stressful, right? And those numbers that came up, like, while they're surprising, they're also not surprising, I guess. Just, you know, what we've seen over the years from other nations we've spoken to, but it's really great to highlight that this is our important issue. And for us, that we need to make that step forward, you know, as an industry together to make a change. Why I think it's stressful, I think there's a lot of aspects of it. I think it's a lot of pressure that we place on ourselves. Obviously, perfectionism is the most common one. It's the fact that I think we've spoken about a lot. It's like we're actually doing, every day we're doing, you know, surgery on patients who are awake manage patients who are very anxious when they come see us and you know our own fears of litigation our fears of yeah what's going wrong and i think for us the biggest thing i feel is that feeling of isolation and that lack of connection when we do work i know that you know we're very lucky in our practice that it's bigger but i know that there's a lot of dentists out there working in small practices that don't have that support to fall back that, that can be quite tough, especially as a new grad as well. For sure. How about you, Trey? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a good point that it's the paper validates what a lot of people are feeling and what they may not be able to express. I think typical, maybe, you know, this may be answering the second question of why dentistry is stressful as well. I think it's almost even the personality of the person that chooses dentistry in the first place. They may be the high achievers, you know, used to getting straight A's at school always been performing all throughout their primary and high school in not just their academics but probably in everything they tried so i think that personality tends to probably not express that they're stressed as well they probably try and cover up so they're high functioning right they're very high functioning and they tend to express it so i think the paper in that way is very really good because it gives them some validation that way and why dentistry stressful yeah i think a big one that we did cover most of it i think but like time management i mean just talking about that like I think it's one of the a unique profession where you're, like, you know, if you compare it to, like, saying, uh, I know we're not doing complex GA surgeries, but, you know, in GA, um, in hospitals, they don't have times, right? They have a list and you get through the list. Whereas with dentistry, it's, you're doing surgery, but patient that's awake and you have for half an hour. <laughs> that's all you've got. And, you know, a multitude of things can go wrong, as we all know. But excellent question. Those are already So I think time management combined with the awake patient. I'm blind lab and you know, anxious patients, people. So, you know, I think there's a lot of factors there that lead to stress. So, to have to accept, but yeah, I think it's a time management, isolation, perfectionism, high achievers, throwing, you know, just a, a normal day at work, you throw all that in, plus you got your own personality, your own life outside of work. It's kind of a melting pot or I think a high chance for stress. Right? So, I think that's why um, it's a really that's, Yeah. Sure. So, um, you know, I think you guys both raised a really important point about, you know, the fact that that paper validated important concerns, 
Right? And I think it's nothing to feel ashamed if you've gone through burnout or if you've had some difficult time because, you know, burnout, stress, it's all part of the spectrum of human emotion we were designed as human beings to actually feel. And so I always say to the limitless dentist, but I'll say it here as well, you know, it's okay to not be okay. But hopefully through what we share, you know, what's not okay is to stay not okay. We want to hopefully give you some tools and some frameworks that I know that both of you share and teach through your CPDs as well to really help you navigate through those tough challenges. And, you know, I think I know when we were speaking about this before, I truly believe that part of the cogwheel piece of what that could lead to someone having poorer mental health or stressful challenges that then overwhelm them to the point of burnout is a lot of times to do with kind of self-worth and self-image, right? So I'd like to ask maybe Chirag, you know, why do you think self-worth and self-image is so important and why do you think it has such a big interplay between where our mental state is at? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, see, self-worth, I think it's something that's not spoken about often. I think it's, but if you look at it, it almost, if you look at self-worth, with your, your current circumstances, if you look back, often our actions, right? Our actions come from thoughts, right? So if our thoughts are, say, I'm not good enough, for example, then that can lead to an action which may not be a positive one, may not be a wholesome one, which may result in circumstances which aren't wholesome. So I'll give you an example. It's much better to use an example. So it may be a dental example, but to make it even easier, uh, to show why self-worth is important. So let's say there's a dentist that has low worth around maybe finance. Maybe they're at a lot of money. So maybe they feel a lack of worth if they're not earning money. Okay. So then they might start doing more in an appointment than they could. So that lack of self-worth has a direct result in their clinical skill. Okay. I'm going to put it for setting. Another example, a more simple one would be just someone perhaps trying to do something perfect. And let's say there's an air bubble in the impression that comes back. So if their sense of worth is based on the result of their work all the time and it has to be perfect, like straight A's all the time, and they get an air bubble back, which is maybe in the age of digital dentistry, this may not be as relevant, but, but I think a lot of dentists know uh, I've experienced that with an air bubble coming back. You can feel this dialogue startup, right? That I'm not enough, right? That comes up. So that's how I define self worth. By the way, it's just a range between the dialogue of I'm enough all the way to I'm not enough, right? I think. Not many people even are aware of it, okay, because it's in that background as well. So that's why it's nice to bring a topic up to see where one is at with that. But yeah, so that example of you get that air bubble back or you, you do an extraction and you break the root. I think especially early in my career, I know as a new grad or early grad, I would lose sleep after those events. And that can spiral into a lot of different mental health issues. So that's why I think there's a link between self-worth and mental health. But I think it's a very, very deep link, which I think we'll discuss as time goes on. But they're the, the two examples, I think, for now, which can at least define self-growth and give it a link to tips. Yeah, so true. How about you, Mia? What's your take on why self-worth is so important? Yeah, I think self-worth is important because I think it's sort of, it's the foundation of pretty much everything. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's what we feel anyways. And I, I truly believe, and this might be also from what we've heard from a lot of people spoken to, that I think there's this underlying belief that the majority of us have that and that sort of dictates our actions and our inner voices and how we perceive the world because we're constantly searching for that feeling right the feeling of worthiness i know like if i was going to relate to my 
myself, like when I, I thought that, ah, oh, you know, I want to get into dentistry, you know, once I get there, then I'll be worthy. Once I get in, you, know, you feel good for a bit, but then you go, oh, this isn't it. <laughs> you, you go, oh no, once I graduate, I'll be good. And graduate, I go, it's good. But then, no, like I still want more. So it keeps on moving, right? And then it's like private practice. And then it's like small makeovers, you know, you know full mouth rehabs. And then it's like owning a practice and you're constantly going. And for me, that's where it hit a tipping point. Like I kept on achieving these things, but still not feeling fulfilled, but kept looking externally to fill that void that you're talking about, like just that feeling of self-worth. And um, yeah, so I think for me is to understand that you know, that's got to be generated from within. And when we understand that, you know, it changes everything. It shifts everything. Like, you know, how we approach dentistry, how we communicate with others. That's all linked to our feelings of self-worth as such an important aspect. And as you said, we don't talk about it enough. Like, we don't make sure any of us don't realize it. And I think that's what we found whenever we started talking about it. People go, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so true. Like, can definitely resonate and agree that, they have that feeling of not being good enough in whatever they do, whether it's dentistry, whether it's outside dentistry, whether it's like me being a parent, being a husband, you know, different parts of our lives. Yeah, so that's why I think it's such an important topic to sort of discuss on a bit more, I guess, and go a bit more in depth. Yeah, like if I can add to that, like going back to more defining and understanding self-worth. So I define it as one with self-worth. It's a self-worth is your opinion of yourself regardless of external circumstances and opinions and results. However, the irony of it all, if you look at the personality of choose dentistry in general, they've been basing their work on their results since they were probably in year eight or nine, right? It's get straight A's, feel good. Get a couple of B's, don't feel good, right? So there's this being this constant outsourcing of worth to results. Now it's pretty scary to think with dentistry, as we all know, in our profession, if you're hoping that you can outsource your your worth or results, well, we all know you can do a crown 10 times and get nine of them sweet and one sensitive, and you have no control over that. So if your sense of worth is based on that, your crown skill, then I think you're going to ride a roller coaster. Because some days it'd be great, and you think you're a gun, you're awesome, and other days you think you're you know a hack. But it's not true. Your, your skills are the same. It's obviously, we know that the patient circumstances are different. We, every circumstance is different. We know that. So I think that's the reason why it's such an important topic, but it's quite intricate and subtle. And I think it takes some time to self-reflect to understand what it actually is. So essentially, there's, I think for this personality, there's moving goalposts because you can do something really well but we don't tend we tend not to acknowledge that. We just look at what we're not doing well. And in dentistry, we're all guaranteed. We're guaranteed there's something that something's gonna go wrong. So, you know, you can't get straight A's in dentistry. It's not possible because it's too invariable. I think that transition from high school and uni into actually working, I think that personality doesn't is so fixed that it can transcend across to dentistry and make it really difficult. Yeah, so true. I think to follow up what Shrug said, I think because I feel that it is a like a core belief we have, like it's in our subconscious, it's sitting there. So what it does is it's sort of filtering out everything to validate that belief. That's how brain our brain works, right? Like we're it's like confirmation bias. So this, yeah, you may have all these wins, 
but it doesn't register. You're registering all these losses, things that don't go well, and it sticks because it's confirming that belief. And that's why it's hard to get out of because it's continually, you know, entrenching that belief that no, you're not a good dentist. And that's all you need to work on because unfortunately, right, yeah, I think Charlie always talk about a lot, like we, a lot of patients like, they don't turn around and go, that's a good root canal. Like you don't get, you know, you know that validation sometimes. You only hear that, well, oh, when it's sensitive, when things are bad, when things are good, you don't hear anything, right? So it's hard to get out of and it's sort of, yeah, it's a vicious cycle, I guess. Yeah, so true. And I love the perspective you both shared because it reminds me of a quote. I can't remember who actually quoted this, but it was a, it basically sums up self-worth, which says, I'm not who I think I am. And I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. And basically what that beautifully says in a couple of sentences is that self-worth is really an extra layer of kind of how we think others view us. And I know I share this about, you know, self-worth, you know, how we can capitalize it from strength is begin to realize, and I know you guys touched on this, you know, where your strengths are, what things you you love about dentistry and, and that kind of thing. And I think that where the question of I'm not good enough, I know personally when I went through my burnout journey where I definitely felt like I didn't stack up and I was almost on the, I almost, I don't know if um, you guys ever had this question, but I was like, maybe dentistry isn't for me. And it was such a weird thing to think about because for me personally, I had known I wanted to be a dentist since year 10 of high school. I had worked as a dental assistant forging my career in the industry, then went into dental school straight out of high school. And I got out and I was like, oh my God, I'm having an identity crisis where I feel like everything I've worked for. And then now I feel like this, oh my God. And I realized it was because so many times when we're in that moment, you know, would you agree guys? We always, we're not comparing it to our best days. We're comparing our worst with someone else's best. So we're looking at all the other people winning uh, because other people aren't sharing their struggles actively like we're doing right now, which is such a beautiful, vulnerable moment, which is a true strength. We forget that actually, hey, that I'm not good enough is our self-critic talking, but it's not necessarily based on the right facts. It's taking facts based on a particular perspective, but it may not be true in terms of where you actually want to be. And I think that really brings us to kind of this whole important point of so many times in life, and I truly, you know, what I try to preach in my own career and life and also what I try to share with people is really being authentic to who you are. Don't try to fake being someone else or being something else because you can't, you know, you can't, I could never be you, Shirai, I could never be you, you guys could never be me. And that's, that's actually a blessing because what we all bring to dentistry is our unique lens of how we see the world and what we love about our career. And I know that takes us into the fact that a lot of us wear like masks or they, we hide ourselves behind veils, like thinking, you know, that we're, we're okay when we're really not. And I know that this, you know, you guys actually have a framework that you guys actually teach, uh, which is under the acronym mask. So maybe share around how you guys, you know, where this came from and, and maybe just briefly, you know, the importance of it and, and why you guys started to teach this. Yeah. So for us, yeah, we spent a lot of time just looking at it obviously from different perspectives obviously Gerard you know went on his 18 month journey and I spent a lot of time just reading the literature and books here and when we came together we sort of realized that there's sort of 
common aspects to help with our mental health and what helped us through. And it came through the acne of class. And that's mindfulness, appreciation or gratitude, self-worth, which we just discussed, and kindness, service to others. And we felt that by applying these principles that it helps reduce that stress and tension because it's like a little checklist for us. So any time that you feel that tension within, chances are you're not being mindful, you're not being grateful, you have a lower sense of worth or you're being kind to yourself or others. And so it's something that we always come back to, to sort of yeah, keep aligned with, like you said, our authentic self. Because I think our authentic self uh, follows that sort of you know, frame. How about you, Charlie? Yeah, so I think, you know, if I, the whole thing started, the whole reason why Vietnam and I started doing what we do is because another dentist was observing the way I was working. He asked me, he goes, man, like, what's your secret? And he goes, you got a secret. And I go, no, no, there's no secret. All it is, is I just listen to my patient. And I only learned that on my trip. And I'll explain that further. So what I mean by I actually listen to the patient was in that first five minutes with the patient, no matter if it's a new patient, patient you've been seeing for years, or whatever the procedure is, just the first, even if it's a minute or two, of just sitting there and listening to what they have to say, and you can get so much from that first minute. So that's that's mindfulness. That's being present. So I only learned that after this trip. That's one probably the most important aspect that I learned was just that ability to just slow everything down in the present because you get so much information in that time. But also automatically you're serving the patient in that time. So there's service, so that's the the kindness aspect of mask. And it takes a certain level of self awareness to be able to be that present because you're not in your head about what oh, I'm not putting on thinking about how, how is this procedure going to go wrong, what's going to happen, I'm running late, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got that self-worth as well that moment. And then the gratitude, to be honest, it's, it sounds a little bit choose, but especially for the new grads, I know like there's, you know, we feel that we're not good enough sometimes in dentistry, but I think just that gratitude that you, you made it, like you graduated from a very, yeah, pretty difficult course, you got a great education, you're living in a, a really cool country. So some things are pretty good. So with that gratitude, hopefully get some resilience to then take on the more challenging things ahead because there's got to be challenging things. That's why we're here. It's not here to be easy. We're here to grow and evolve. So but I think using that framework, it allows you to have a nice foundation to be able to then grow. So that's why I think, yeah, the mask foundation is is pretty cool. It's funny, I was chatting over here the other day. Uh, we, were, we were in Sydney, yeah, we were driving somewhere. And I um I actually pulled out, I don't know, somehow I found a little journal entry from that trip and I had no idea. And I wrote down the key points to feeling good. And it was gratitude, which covers the yeah, appreciation and gratitude, uh, being present, serving others, and being authentic, which included self-worth. So it seems like that's yeah, we've really talked a lot at length about this. And we thought these pillars can really help one with a foundation to their core. Yeah. I love that. I think to touch on what you were talking before about um, mask, uh, I think the way we look at it is like we spend our whole lives trying to be someone to please others, to make sure we fit in and that belong, I guess. And so we wear different masks. Like if you think about like different groups of friends, we act differently. You know, at work, we act differently. And 
So sometimes we lose ourselves, like I feel anyways, and, and that's because we've fallen away from like, once again, those four principles, right? Like it, we have that lower sense of worth. We try to change ourselves so that others will like us. But I think our truest version of ourselves, our authentic selves, follow those four principles. And that's, that's why it's for us, it's our guiding light. It's like, that's when you're being authentic. It's when our thoughts are entrenched being the present moment, uh, high thoughts of work, uh, just feeling worthy, being grateful and kind, serving others. I think we can do that. And that's, I think that's at the core, what we all want to be, but we sort of get pulled away and get drawn into these expectations of whether it's our parents, whether it's society, whether it's the industry and how it looks and sort of fall into that trap, but we've come back to itself. Do you want to add orthodontics to your general practice? So many patients today are looking for aesthetic outcomes and, and changes, things that we can do with things like aligners and fixed braces that can put the teeth where they need to be so we can be more minimal in what we do to those teeth. I know it's something I wanted to learn and personally I've gone down the path with OrthoEd doing the mini masters. I'm also getting treatment myself. I'm in aligners right now. If you're ready to go all in with orthodontics, you can go and do the mini masters with OrthoEd and Dr. Jeff Hall and at the end you can get a postgraduate diploma. But if you're starting off with smaller steps, they even have some online education including aligners and aligner courses that are standalone. In the COVID environment we're currently in, these courses have remained live and we can then go and do them in person later on. I really appreciate the way they've managed that and I'm still getting tons of value. OrthoEd gives you an understanding from the foundational level. You understand aligners as well as fixed braces, the mechanics and all the things in between. If you're about to start your orthodontic journey, check out dentalheadstart.com slash orthoed to get 10% off their entire range. You might even run into me at one of the courses. Yeah, so true. And I think what I love about that acronym and those pillars, as you beautifully mentioned, is mindfulness is not just important for us. I think Charlie beautifully mentioned that. It's actually a way in which we give more of ourselves to others, right? Because when we think about that in a heightened state, whether it's stress or anxiety, there's only a certain point where your performance will peak, but then it steadily declines, right? I think a lot of sciences in terms of psychological science has really measured that. But when you're always in a calm Zen state or when we practice mindfulness, what we're doing is we're being very wholly present in that moment, not being distracted by other things. And what it does is it heightens our focus and allows us to, while being calm, but actually executing our energy exactly how we want to. So we're, we're a complete in mastery and control of ourselves in that moment, which allows us to then bring out best qualities of ourselves, not just to ourselves, but to our patients. And I think you know, I know that apart from, and actually maybe I'd love to delve into this a little bit more because people may not know, but I did share a little bit in the bio, but I'd love to understand too, you know, how did this whole being together start in terms of when you guys really started to share these messages more and, and maybe delving into, if you happen to share, you know, a little bit of some of the struggles you've overcome yourselves. And because I think one thing I love sharing and, and I'll always be uh, what I say I tell people I'm not a finished product, but more importantly, I always tell people that I'm always wanting to be a model, a role model to show, you know, this is the struggles we go through and, hey, it's okay. I might not be looking red hot at the moment, 
but stick around and you'll see my success at the end. So I'd love for you guys to share maybe how this whole being together really came to fruition and, and why you think, oh, I guess, yeah, the, the inspiration behind the project. I think for me, it probably, for a long time after dentistry, I thought I was okay. Obviously, looking back now, I realized that I was operating with a high level anxiety. But at the time, uh, I consider that normal because I feel like I was functioning at that level all through childhood and you know, uni and work. And so I was trying to tick all the boxes. Like I said, I was searching externally for that feeling of worthiness. So going through, you know, getting married, having kids as well in my personal life. And, but always felt that, that still that feel of not being good enough. And so I was, found myself sort of, the metaphor I needed was like I was treading water. And what happened was in 2014, uh, one of the girls who was working with us, first thing, she tragically took her own life. And, you know, Kirsten and I were close and she was studying dentistry as well. She was halfway through. She was achieving amazing grades. She was getting sixes and sevens, really social, really positive person. And yeah, just a real shock, right? I think, you know, a lot of people who have close loved ones who go down that path, it's always a shock. You, you don't see it coming. And so for me, that sort of hit me quite hard. And, you know, when I, I was, you know, one of a handful of people invited to a funeral and Kirsten's sister shared with me how much she enjoyed working with me, how much influence I had. And that's when I started to feel responsible, I guess, for her taking on life. And once again, that feeling of I'm not worthy as a friend, like I wasn't there, we should have done better. And that sort of set me sort of in a downward spiral, I guess. And the following year, I became an owner and the stresses that came with that and the expectations, you know, I got to the point where I sort of questioned my own life and reason for living. And, you know, no one knew about it. I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't talk to Chirag and was one of my closest mates. My wife didn't know. And, you know, I, was, I sat in the car sometimes at lunch. Yeah, just waiting for someone to come and save me. But how could they when, you know, I didn't talk to anyone about it? And so I had to make a choice to give it all up or find the answers. And so I chose to, you know, luckily go seek help, but also to continue on that journey of working out how I reached that point on what I can do for myself and do for others as well. And, you know, it was, it's a continuous journey, right? Like, like, like you said, we're not finished we're not done like it's always happening it's like your physical health you always go keep working on it and that's the same with mental health as well like you're always working on it but i'm hoping that i've got those tools in place to not reach those depths again but i think for me to experience this feeling of lightness that i hadn't experienced before like i you know during you know before all those events i thought that was normal it's only now that i realize oh wait that's not normal. There's actually a better way to experience dentistry. That I'm like, okay, it'd be nice to share. And obviously, Gerard sort of encouraged that as well with, you know, just talking about it. And yeah, both felt the huge difference 
in how we do coming to work and solving patients. So we felt that after also talking to other people as well as seeing their struggles, that maybe something to offer. And yeah, that's not just clinicians. I, I see it as a practice owner as well, seeing the staff, staff, the auxiliary staff, you know, they're, they're the same. Not, they have those feelings as well. While they, unfortunately, we're sort of stuck in our own world sometimes, but in sort of, you know, focusing on the patient, but they've got their interests as well. So I sort of, you know, we do what we do with dentists, but also teams, because I think we can create better space where we can open up and share because like I said, when I went through it, I didn't feel comfortable to share and obviously person didn't feel comfortable to share. And that's part of the problem. Just worth talking about it. We need to talk about it more to create this more openness and just need that released ICL anyways. Yeah. That's my sort of well thanks for Can you repeat the question again for so I can answer. Yeah, I guess maybe share with us Sure, some of the I know that uh, a little bit in the bio that I shared. You know, you you've gone on a bit of a soul searching quest, which I, I think is so powerful. And I, I really am so excited for you to share this with really listening to this podcast because I, think I know this for myself, and this is why the, the power of it when you share is sort of so cool. The journey of self discovery is probably one of the best journeys you can go on, and maybe walk us through you know, how that started for you, why that occurred, and and where you are now through that. Yeah, so. I mentioned it before, like I said, like the personality that chooses dentistry. So I, I touched on that. I think a lot of you will know what I'm talking about with that is that high achiever, straight A kind of student. So I was just one of those normal, you know, kind of immigrant kids who, you know, we come to the country with not much, you know, and there may be a lot of, you know, fear and stress growing up around education and, and performance. And it's done with love. It's not a, it's not a bad thing, but I think it, Obviously, being a kid and being stressed out about the future, I think a lot of people that I've observed in dentistry, medicine, law, finance, all the you know, the, the more difficult uh, professions, you see them. There's a big bunch of people with this personality, with this background. So I was just to, to make it faster. That's my background. So, so I was used to having to achieve high. So again, that was my normal. Now, that was all well and good when you're at school because you can manage it. Like it's I mean, getting straight A's is not easy, but it's also doable because there's not as many variables because it's just an exact, you know, you can, you can do that. But what got me was when I graduated, because it's like there was a huge shift from achieving well academically to actually working, you know, having a profession and performing day in, day out. And the pressure I had on myself was, oh yeah, I had to be perfect. And I think, to be honest, the pressure these days is hard because of, you know, social media. And the rest of it, it seems like, yeah, I don't know if I would have survived. Yeah. So my journey was like, I struggled in my first few years to share. Like I didn't think I was a good enough clinician. I found it very stressful. And because I was used to high achievement and I knew, like I had that mask on, that veil that I was hiding behind. I knew that I wasn't achieving to what I thought was good enough. And so I suffered. Yeah. There was, and it was just, it was a slow suffering there was nothing acute it was just i was just being chipped away at daily so i would also go to my car and sit in the chair patients and just be anxious like i was trying to hide my anxiety from the workplace i was working at and then you know life happens as well like you have your in your early 20s that's when i graduated you have your ups and downs with your relationships and wife out of work so i think i was essentially 
yeah, built on a house of cards. So I was primed to eventually burn out. Like I think you shared that that word that you burned out. So I was very much primed for that. And that unfortunately it happened in the exact same moment as what we had described with what happened at work was trusted. So that was essentially the straw that broke my back. I was already, to be honest, I was already like, again, I think this is a good metaphor. I was already holding onto a log, you know, in the water and barely, barely in the head above water. I was floating on a log of anxiety, essentially, and took my head above water. So at that point, I literally had no choice. So it was either, I think I, I had a couple of options, but one of them was to just quit dentistry altogether and just go and sort this out. So that's what I chose. I couldn't continue anymore. So I, like, I knew I wouldn't really come back eventually, but I was like, no, I can't continue in this, in this fashion. So this is where I got lucky. And I think being lucky enough to be in our profession, you do have that opportunity to, you know, if you, you don't have too many commitments or you know, you can save up and, and maybe go on a trip this or give some time to yourself to discover and make a shift. So that's what I did. So I, I bought a one-way ticket to you know, to overseas. I went to India of all places. I didn't even like India, but that's what my intuition told me to do. So I went there and I told myself, I'm not going to come home until I've sorted until I've sorted out these these questions that I had arisen, questions around purpose, you know, around you know, what's the point of all of this. So I got very lucky in that the trip you know spanned across many continents for yeah well, for eighteen months as as was mentioned. But the real luck was it didn't take long for the answers to start pouring in. So once I asked the question, you know, like what's the meaning of all this, the purpose of all this, or what are some tools to manage? The, the letter other side of things yeah the information started flooding in so I got very very lucky and I got to do a lot of courses a lot of workshops around those four pillars around you know mindfulness gratitude self-worth and, and kindness using actual tools and techniques which included things like breathing like breath work journaling their introspection and a bit further along things like you know meditation so I was exposed to a lot over those 18 months in India and Nepal and eating from the West and South America and in uh, the US and in, in, in Europe. So I was very lucky to travel the world and just gain some tools on managing these stresses I was going through. And to keep it really simple, the, in the first six weeks of the trip was the first time I had a journal and it was, it was a very resounding, obvious theme in the journaling and it was the rhetoric of I'm not good enough. And that's what it was. So essentially... By the end of the trip, the rhetoric had changed from like, I'm not good enough, not necessarily to I'm enough, but kind of to, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. That it's, it's not about now I have to prove myself to be enough. It was like, no, no, that doesn't matter because these other pillars are So I was very lucky. And then, uh, as I came back, I came back to Brisbane and, and started working again. And so the difference was, I think what you said around anxiety and enjoyment at work. So before my trip. I was anxious on the way to work, driving to work. I was really anxious. And after our trip, I wasn't. I was looking forward to going in and even looking forward to procedures. I'm a bit of a nerd. <laughs> I really look forward to certain procedures now. And I can even say I like chemistry. And I never thought I'd say that. Before the trip, I did not like chemistry. I did not. And post the trip, I say, yeah, closet nerd, but I do kind of <laughs> So that's a really nice feeling to be able to say, you know, I like my job and, and enjoy. So... And I think that, but that's due to the toolkit. Yeah, I really love that because I think both of your testimonies are so, so important because it shows that everyone deals with grief 
challenges in all different ways. And there's no right or wrong way to know. What I love is that we want to normalize through this conversation. Well, you know, if you're listening to this right now, you could be a dental student, you could be a seasoned dentist, you could be a graduate, recent graduate, and it is perfectly okay to take a break from the Don't let anyone tell you that you can't take a break because I think Gerard is a beautiful testimony of what it looks like to really, you know, if you are struggling right now and you need a bit of a break, you know, we, that is a blessing in disguise because it's your body telling you that you have been forsaking what your body needs, what your spirit, what your soul needs to reignite that spark, not just for dentistry, but for life, right? Because you know what? We talk about this in the identity piece and I know it back to self-worth. You, know, you are so much more than just the doctor your name. You may be a brother, a sibling, sister, maybe a significant other, a spouse, maybe a father or a mother, a parent. And so because who you were before dentistry was multifaceted, why should that change just because now you've got to be the S degree or the DDS degree? Like, and so, you know, it's, it's reminding ourselves that first and foremost, we are human before we are dentists. I mean, we all go through challenges, but at the end of the day, it's through doing the harder work, like asking those really important questions that we can then kind of not just ignite and find those answers, but really get to a point of what I love to call healing, whether it's physically, emotional, spiritually, to then begin to flood. And I love how you shared that struggle. You went from not loving dentistry to now actually being a nerd and loving I think what that shows is when you have patience with yourself, grace with yourself, it eventually sorts itself out. But one thing I want to kind of circle back to about what you guys also do is I love the fact that with the courses and the CPE you guys run through being together, I tend to talk about the limitless centers mostly towards dentists and the individual dentists in terms of tools and frameworks, which I know you guys definitely talk about. But what I know what you guys have done really, really well is actually, you know, a lot of our work, it's so funny because we post those Oh, I mean, not all of us do, but when we see these nice posts on Instagram or whatever it is about dentistry, in terms of the clinical result, yes, it was the dentist that produced that, but we all know, and it's not always spoken, but I always say to my team, because I thank my team every single day, that we cannot do what we do without an amazing supportive team, right? And I know that, Viet, you touched on this, that, you know, that how you can thrive as a dentist is not just part of it is what you do for yourself, but a big part of it is the culture of the practice, how you support your team, because when your team is winning, you win as well. And so maybe walk us through, because I know, I think I saw on Instagram recently that you guys, for your practice, the dental project went on a retreat, and you guys have that as part of your practice culture. Walk us through, because then I know there's going to be some practice owners listening to this podcast too, and maybe they're asking the question, how can I better inspire my team and bring a better team culture? And then that obviously affects mental health as well. You know, what do you guys do to help with the mental health of your team and why do you guys do retreats and that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, yeah, with, with regards to retreat, that's something we read for the first time this year. So that was in March. Was. Um, so we took the team up away up to the sunny coast for two nights and yeah, we spent a whole day just talking about mental health, talking about yeah, what we're talking about on this podcast really. And also touching on how we want to feel at work, talking about our emotions. I think it's funny because I remember a new grad that I spoke to previously, he sort of said that it's funny that a lot of people talk about dentistry, but a lot of, but what he likes or would like is to 
more people talk about how they feel about that machinery. And I think that's what we try to create, like how we feel at work, how we feel about the industry, how we feel about the job and just creating that safe environment to open up, not have to hide behind that mask and to come in. And like you said at the beginning, it's like, it's okay to be okay. And coming in and just letting someone know, uh, by the way, they're not being too great. Just train that safe environment. And that comes down to each one of us creating that safe space and communicating in a way that feels safe, right? And it does come back to that feeling of self-worth. And probably the biggest thing that we have in our practice that we sort of talk about related to self-worth is our ability to set healthy boundaries and our ability to be accountable to certain situations. So I think in a practice, that's what we found that the conflict arises when you know, boundaries aren't being set or respected or our parties aren't being accountable. And that actually comes back to our feeling of self-worth because sometimes we don't set these boundaries because we don't feel worthy of them. Or sometimes we don't want to take responsibility because that takes, you know, our self-worth takes a hit. So it's, you know, what we try to do is break down those barriers and say, no, you are worthy. Like, we're just trying to improve. We're just trying to get better. Like, when I set these barriers, like, this is what you can give feedback on what you can get better at. Yeah, it's not an attack on you. I'm just, we're just looking at how we can improve together and work together. So that's what we try to create our place is treating each other as human beings, like a respectful way, and know that we have that common goal that we just want to help and support each other get better. And it all comes down to communication and those four pillars that we spoke about as well. Like they play a big part in what we try to create in our workplace. Yeah. So I think, uh, I guess I've been lucky enough to watch yeah, the nuclear this in the practice over like what was the estimation thing? Well, so I'm going to start. Yeah, the way fifteen. Yeah. I'm certain it's coming up to almost a decade. Which is really how old we are now. <laughs> so, but I definitely have noticed it. Like, I think the simplest thing, a basic example of waiting with team and humanizing dentistry and allowing everyone to be heard is that I think the most simple thing I picked up from is just checking in with the DA at the start of the morning, saying, "How you doing?" We have this thing called two word checking. Let me just tell us, yeah, two two sentences. How you feeling? two different things so the amount of feedback i get from the da on this they are so great the fact that just before we started it we just say how you doing genuine give me two different aspects of how you doing and often i'll hear different you know stressed or tired or happy um stressed by exams you because they don't they don't uni they're, they're doing you know all different things their child might be in childcare that day whatever it is but the amount of i think a creates presence between me and the da before we start but just in the effect that simple Two minute thing has a whole day because now you can say, No, I'll go get back. Yeah. And by the way, they do, they, they ask you as well, How do you do it? Uh, and you can say, Yep, not today. Things are being today. I'm going to be pretty quiet. Or no, I'm pumped. Like, it's going to be a good day. I'll go get back. So that team chemistry, that camaraderie, that culture, that's the word you, you can use. You imagine each surgery and you're, you know, all the O's out there, each surgery is doing that. I'm doing some freaking tea, you know, and yeah, I think. Not only is the performance better in terms of, yeah, I'm sure the numbers are better, but not that that doesn't matter, but the actual feeling that these staff members have in their day-to-day is better. It's a happier workplace, which results in 
you know, better mental health. It's the connections. You know? And so I think the team, I know, yeah, like we talk about dentists and dental stress, but I think the team chemistry is vital because a lot of mental health comes around feeling isolation. You can pretty much eliminate that with great connections to the workplace. Because, yeah, in the modern day, a lot of people are, you know, living on their own. They're, they're coming home to empty out. So I think having that connection at work is so important. I think it often says that the girls at work, that's their family, essentially. A lot of them are not going home to as close a unit, but that's their family. So I think this discussion around mental health dentistry has to include the whole team. It's like, it's, we can't not without team. That's why I think it's great. They've yet done still I think for us and our team, like, you know, everyone has their struggles and, you know, we do our check-in and there are times where we ask them, do you want to just take a day off while I go home? The majority of the time, people say they feel better at work. Like, they just want to stay at work because they have that connection. We'll just rather touch on connection is, plays a big part in helping our mental health and helping us feel better. Like, it really... Yeah, you don't have to think about like when you spend time with your closest friends and family, how much better you feel. And what we've found is we take certain aspects of those relationships and try to apply it at work. Obviously, it's good to be friends, but there's you know boundaries in place that it's also work as well. But as long as everyone understands, then you can maintain. You know, it all comes back to you have these these connections help with our mental health, but our own working our own mental health helps these connections so it's a cycle right it sort of feeds into itself but each one of us we each have to take responsibility for our own mental health because you know think about well we're not feeling great we communicate poorly you know we're you know, we're feeling angry or stressed we're quite short and sharp with our communication yeah we tend to raise our voice so that ruins the connection and then sort of feed back into our poor mental health it's a cycle so it starts with us. Like each person has to take responsibility. And that's what we do at our workplace. We make sure that everyone sort of takes responsibility for the mental health and what we can They put basically place habits to sort of manage through stress in your own life. Outside work, but also at work. And to set certain standards with how we communicate. Make sure it's communication with kindness, with non-judgment. Otherwise, these connections can get broken, like, and then that creates more stress for all of us. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes, and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. So true, yeah. And I, um, I guess because we have a lot of, you know, students who listen to this and, and obviously some new grads as well, 
And I know you guys have shared some amazing tips, both individually from your own experience. But, you know, if you could give some tips to the students and new grads, you know, along their journey or dental career of how they can, number one, improve, I guess, if they are going through struggle periods, you know, some things they can be, how to be more mindful. And then the second thing is how they can ensure that they are improving, uh, being an active part of the team to improve their team as well. So that, as you beautifully mentioned, it's a symbiosis, right? And, you know, we are a collective energy where when we're doing well, we help others thrive and then it helps me thrive. And then it just basically, you just feed off each other's energy and you have a great day. And you can turn someone's not so great day into an okay day, which I think is a win. Or you can turn someone's okay day into a great day and make them feel energized. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll start with you, Chirag, you know, what tips would you share with some, you know, new grads or students who might be listening to this? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll start with something critical because I think it's important to, to talk about the link between this stuff and clinical dentistry. I think the biggest tip, and which I wish I heard when I was younger, but I eventually got there and someone did give me that tip. Take your time. Like in your new patient exam, like just take your time, listen to the patient. Like so practice that being present. I think it's not about where this happened to us, but I think there was this like rush. There's always this like idea of like to be quick and be rushed and get things done. So I'd say really take your time with treatment planning. That's, I think people get ahead of themselves. They may be overthinking it. So I say that's one of my big tips to new graders. Yeah, spend a lot of time in that first appointment to listen to your patient and be present. Not only take your time there, but learn how to buy yourself time in situations as well. So again, I think a lot of it with new grads and students is around time management and not biting off more than you can chew, finger pun intended, uh, not biting off more than you can chew in your first few times during procedures. So take your time, take that pressure off yourself. You know, I think I thought at uni there was just a lot of pressure. I'm saying, and I think it was a, it was a prosthodontist that sat me down. I asked him for help and I told him what I was doing. He's like, mate, you need to take the time, like slow down. So I'd say, that's one of my clinical tips to a new grad is don't try and overdo it. But another tip to a new grad in terms of growth, uh, I think I used this metaphor with you last time when we chatted. Came on. If you think of a rock climber, they always have someone all the way, they have someone at the bottom holding the rope. If the rope is held too tight, you can't climb. So what I'm saying to new grad is don't avoid hard things. Like try hard things. Like don't just sit, you know, tight and not move because you won't grow. But at the same time, that person can't let the rope go too loose because you have no support. So don't feel the need to go gung-ho cowboy uh, just because you see on it on Instagram that the, your fellow new grad is pumping in 10 implants. Uh, don't feel that you have to go to that level today. Like, do, again, take your time. Do the groundwork to lay the foundations in learning your art properly. Don't be pressured. Uh, otherwise, yeah, if you're rock climbing and someone's not on that rope, obviously if you slip you fall a lot further. So my, my teacher in your guys is, yeah, grow, uh, but take your time. So I've already got a couple of, like, I'm just reflecting on my own career and it actually did help. So first year out, we actually, um, Trug and I actually lived together with two other mates as well. And moved up north to Summer Coast and yeah, we did it because we just want to spend time with you. It was just like hanging out. Like we, we just wanted uni not to end and just continue going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do realize how powerful that was, like having that connection, you know, to have experience a full day of dentistry and come home and 
relax and connect with friends. Sometimes we do talk about dentistry and it's good to sort of unload. And I think we need more conversations like that. Like I think why I suggest to you guys is to talk more to your friends, like ask them how they're feeling about dentistry. Because I think that's something that we don't really ask and talk about. Like we just talk about, oh, how busy are you? Like how many crown preps are you doing? Yeah, things like that. But talk about how we actually feel. Like, And I think you'll be surprised that there's people out there that may look like we're going well but maybe they're struggling as well, which is gives us an opportunity to support, but also not to feel alone. So for me, that was powerful. Like I enjoyed that real immensely just because of that connection. Like then she sort of fell by the way. So it's only afterwards that I didn't have a connection where I was sort of living at home that after a full day of stress, I come home and don't have anyone. Like I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. So that's where it started getting a bit harder. So I think connection is very important. Reaching out to your brain saying, yeah, that was you may know what it feels like to work. The other tip I have is actually a tip I give to my son. So my, my son is 10 and uh, he started playing chess tournaments and we go play and I can tell someone's body language, like they play like seven, eight rounds. I can tell from his body language when he comes out, like whether he's won or lost. Um, and yeah, his mood is like, up and down like yeah you he experiences the highs when he wins and experiences real and i just said to him i go how about we don't focus on the result like don't look at whether you win or lose let's let's reframe it let's look at what did you learn okay like what did you learn from that game if you lost you learned something something could be better if you won you learned something that you did well and so if we focus on the process rather than the result, like you're always winning, like you're always learning. I think that's to understand that, you know, we're never the finished product, we're always learning. And so if we just keep focused on that, then every day is a big day because we're always learning our pain. Okay. So knowing that when mistakes happen, when things go wrong, I go, okay, we're learning something. Like, especially as a new grad, there's a lot to learn. So let's not put pressure on ourselves to be the finished product. Because know that every day is just a small step. Yeah, that, that's my tip anyway. Yeah. I was going to say, I've got one more tip with Berkey. Uh, he's really important. And may get missed because it's so obvious. I think mean, because students and new grads can be stressful around procedures in dentistry. And they forget the most important kind of process over there, which is the patient. And what I mean by that is, if you can have a philosophy of just serving the patient in front of you, it can actually drown out a lot of the noise of the stress. So you kind of break everything down to smaller bits. So I think that's, it's such, I know I'm saying the obvious, and like everyone's like, yeah, we're here to help people. Like, why would we do dentistry? For, to help people, right? For the cash. No, I'm joking. But it's to, essentially, we're in a health industry trying to help people. So I think we can get so caught up in our heads about whether that endo is 0.5 mils wall versus hay, are the human being in front of there that's a whole human being. If you can just focus on serving the patient, I think you can see everything else will follow really well. So I think there just needs to be, you know, just a balance. Because I know as a new grad and as a student, there's a lot of stress. So just remember that you're just serving a human being. It makes, I think it makes life a little bit easier. Because that's obviously doing that now as we're a bit more established. It's actually really enjoyable to approach each day that way. Uh, it makes very full but just not to forget that there is a, a, a human behind the teeth of the trick.
Yeah, so true. And I think those are some amazing phenomenal tips that I think are going to be a real value to anyone listening to this podcast because you know you touched on, you know, we came back full circle to the you know, gratitude, expectation, the boundary settings are so important. But I think, you know, you beautifully, you know, the lesson you're sharing with your son is changing his relationship with failure. I think it's the best thing you can do to any individual is help them, empower them to reframe their relationship with failure. Because in dentistry, there is no failure. It's only learning, right? I think this, I learned this through a, a business or a life principle. It's like, you only truly fail if you really quit something completely. But if you're willing to give something another go, you just learned a lesson to then take on and give it another crack. And one of the things I was thinking about, because I always think in parables and phrases, and I love how you share, you know, in your encouraging people to talk about how they, how they feel, right? Because I think the better we talk about how we feel, then leads to the better composition of how we deal with things. And you can only figure out how you deal with things once you actually know how you feel, because now you've got facts on the table and parameters to actually work on. Whereas if you don't talk about feelings, you're actually not helping yourself by not playing cards that need to be played or saying things that need to be said that then allow you to call the situation for what it is and then take the appropriate action. So I think, you know, I want to thank you guys for this phenomenal conversation, your vulnerability first and foremost, but, you know, I know that so many people are going to really take away the value, not just to have a better conversation with themselves and their teams and with their friends and colleagues, but what I love about the space and you know and what we share in the mental health space is that it's about having better conversations, asking better questions to ourselves and to people around us. Because better questions and lead to better not just responses, but you know, it allows us to really gauge the context of a scenario and how we can better show up as our best integrous, authentic selves. I think that's what it's all about. You know, I, I talk about you know being the best version of you so that you can be the best dentist. Right? And then going to that last point of that struggle, so that's serving your patient to your highest level because we are being the best that we can be. Right? But, you know, if people want to find out more about what you guys are up to and even some of the courses that you guys do, you know, how can people find out more about what you guys get up to? And we'll also include those links in the show notes as well. Yeah, we've got our website, beingtogether.com.au, with the number team for TO. Yeah, that's sort of gives an outline of our workshops that we run for uh, dental practices and for dentists. We haven't locked in a date for dentists yet because we're quite busy with work, and but we're speaking at the dental backlogs conference as well. But yeah, but look, if enough dentists sort of reach out to us, we'll try to work something up with something in. But otherwise, you can follow us on social media, which we're not the best at social media because we that part of looking after our mental health, but we try to find that healthy boundary <laughs> to engage and share but also looking after ourselves as well yeah those, those are probably the best ways or just email us as well it probably some yeah awesome thank you so much you guys for your time and you know make sure you uh, if you are listening to this we'll include all the links in the, the show notes if you're a practice owner or even if you're an association you know, make sure you go check out what the insurer are doing at the theater go um, follow them on instagram and, and i truly believe that you know where what i'm so proud of i guess is that the space is now evolving where we're really creating CPD content to talk about mental health. I think this is the new landscape of what I'm excited about for the future. You know, this podcast represents one part of that momentum, one part of that movement. But, you know, I, I love the fact that CPD on wellbeing, because we only talk about skill set in dentistry. 
but it's about nighttime that we start talking about mindset because before you can ever get skill set, you need to have that mindset, that conviction, that belief system to say, I may not have the skill yet, but as long as I believe that I can find the solution, I will eventually do it. And repetition obviously then leads to mastery. So I want to thank you guys again for your time today. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch you guys continue to grow through what you guys are doing in this space, but also, you know, as you guys continue to impact more and more dentists and teams to be their best selves. So thanks again, guys, for coming in this podcast. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.